Thank you, Lord. Amen. Good. Good stuff, isn't it? How are all of you this morning? Well, I'm going to take business, care of business first. I'm going to take this off while I preach. Is that okay? I'm really out of it while um, I'm by myself, but around people, y'all might grab me or something, but don't storm the pulpit, okay? <laughs> My arm's doing pretty good. See? You can move it. Do this. And get about this far, so pray. I don't want to, I've got another week and a half to go for my final x-ray and just praying, you know, I get, get freed from that thing totally and that I can drive again. That's rough. <laughs> if you don't know, um, let's see, November 6th on my son's 30th birthday, my son-in-law brought a hoverboard into the house and I wanted to try it. <laughs> In the kitchen, two minutes on it, I try to get off of it, I grab my kitchen can and it hurls me into the floor. Because when you put your feet forward on those things, they power up. And I had no idea they do that. So it was fun while it lasted, but the worst pain I've ever lived in. And it was terrible. Emergency room, broken humerus bone, immobilized, uh, can't drive. And I'm out of the sling most of the time, but it hurts more now than it did in the beginning because I'm not on pain pills or anything. So just keep praying. But I'm praising the Lord. You know, there's been a couple things that have really carried me through this. Is um, You know, the first thing that really came to me is I was so thankful that I was not hurt worse than I was. I was afraid my whole shoulder was destroyed. And praise the Lord it wasn't. So thankfulness really goes a long ways. And through this whole process, all the pain, I just would thank the Lord. Lord, I'm just so grateful that I'm not worse than I am. And, you know, just really hung on to that. And another thing that just was so wonderful during that time is the Holy Spirit just hovering around me. You know, when you're broken and crushed, he comes near, doesn't he? He just really is sweet like that. And I just kept having these thoughts, you know, all for the last few weeks, just been home, haven't been out a lot because it's just hard and um, just spent, in, you know, just what the Lord said to me. Um, well, first of all, let me just tell you, I thought I was just going to get in that little sling and carry on, but that's really not been the case. <laughs> I've been pretty shut down. It's been crazy. I was going to try to leave worship like 10 days later. <laughs> it didn't happen, but so I've had, the Lord gave me the word convalesce. It was a time to rest. And so um, I just, Donna was in my face about it because she'd been through a complete shoulder rebuild. And finally the Lord got through to me that I need to rest. But during that restful time, I just kept contemplating. You know, it really does take times of rest, doesn't it, to contemplate and be with the Lord. This busy stuff will get you. So that's been a great byproduct is really just being able to convalesce and rest and be in his presence, but the Lord just kept, I just felt like he was, the most wonderful thing kept coming to me was the awe and wonder that I'm a child of God. It was like it just, revelation hit me. If you really think about that, that we're children of God, think about that. We're, you know, it's just, it's, when until that really sinks in, I think we miss a lot with him. Because we don't really realize the great price that he paid so that we can know that we're sons and daughters. And when that revelation really hits our heart, it's so wonderful to just lay around in his presence and go, wow, I'm a child of God. I, I'm, I'm a kid, his kid. I belong to him. This is God. Uh, the awe and wonder of who he is and he's made everything that we see the galaxies that go beyond what any man can even see yet I am his daughter I'm his child and he sees me even when I fall off a hoverboard and I'm laying there in such great pain he's I'm his child I'm his and that spirit of belonging keeps me it keeps me on a steady and even path and I'm so grateful for that today, the work that he has done in my heart of knowing that I'm a daughter, I'm a child, because even in those hard moments, wow, it's so wonderful, so, so wonderful. But, um, but I've had a couple of, you know, Byron preached on a scripture. I'm going to give you a couple of things that 
I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me through this process. And um, one of the words that Byron gave y'all recently was 1 Peter 5.10. If you put that up. I feel like I wanted to say this as we close out this new year. I really feel strong about this scripture that says, um, But may the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And I really do feel like we're in that season right now. Um, I think, you know, the last few years have been so much going on for so many, but I feel like we're in this season now of the Lord beginning to establish and settle us into something new. And I just want you to grab hold of that today. Um, it, it's, um, there's so many things that God has done in the last season through suffering because as you can see, the suffering, that effect that it really has is that it actually brings us into a place of perfecting our faith, establish us on a firm foundation where we know what we believe in. We know whose we are, and we know what we believe in. And it strengthens our inner man, and then we come into a place of being settled. And so when you're going through difficult times, just keep that in mind, that God is at work and all of that is, is not for, you're not going through stuff just for nothing. And, you know, and I just want to say this to you, even in your trials of your personal failure, because a lot of trials are personal failure also. Falling into sin, failure, blowing it. God still wants to bring you through to another place where he strengthens you, he establishes, he increases your faith. And um, I, I just think that word mercy today is so the Lord. And um, so and I just want to encourage you with that today, that he is, I'm going to put my glasses on. I'm sorry, I don't look as good in them, but it's all right. <laughs> but I'd rather see than look good. How about that? <laughs> well, I don't know if I were honest, that might not be true, but anyway. <laughs> So this is interesting. So I feel, I just want you to grab hold. That's just, all that's just kind of a beginning, just giving you some things. But so during this time, I got, an, and I had an interesting little visitation from the Lord where I was waking up and I saw a little piece of paper on it and written on it was Joel. And it was, I knew it was the book of Joel. And I've, um, I think that's interesting. I'm, I've been reading through the Bible and I'm actually not to Joel yet. Um, I'm getting there, but I'm on, and so I thought that was interesting, and I feel like the Lord has stuff in the book of Joel for us today, and um, the first thing that actually came to me, of course, about the book of Joel is, because I was talking to Byron about it, is this is that, okay, that Peter said in the book of Acts. He said, this is that, spoken by the prophet Joel, and so I was thinking, oh, yeah, I like that. This is that. And I'll talk to you about that later. But that's really what I was, um, you know, I was thinking, well, I'm going to just look into a few things and see what the Lord says. But just as an overview, you know, Joel is prophesying during the years of Joash. It was about 30 years. You know, all those prophets were prophesying, you know, during Israel's where they rebelled and they go into captivity and all those prophets are dear in and out of those times. And I don't have that down enough to really be precise with that. But Joel was one of those where he was prophesying. He was prophesying coming judgment. He was prophesying these locusts, this army of locusts that were coming and basically that would destroy everything. And so um, they would go and eat all the greenery, all the everything. And can you imagine what that would be like in... The United States, if a swarm, an army of locusts came and ate up everything, all of our vegetation, all of our trees, everything. Can you imagine what that would be like? Well, it happened. It did just what he prophesied. And so they were in pretty bad shape. But the, also the good thing about most of the prophets, they were also prophesying hope, interjecting hope in the middle of it. And so we really do see in those a pattern there that life is times of devastation, but life is also times of hope where God begins to restore things that have been taken to us, taken from us during those times. 
And, you know, I've preached to y'all a lot about why we go through difficult things, and there really are myriads of reasons. And I will never, none of us will ever be able to explain on this side of heaven why mankind is set up the way it is, where we don't have everything in perfection. We sure wish we had it that way, but it's just not. Many of us have been through very devastating things, and I think those locusts just kind of speak. There's just times where it just feels like we're in that mode. But Joel begins to also prophesy hope in the midst of that, and the Lord restoring. Um, he, you know, restoring everything that the locust has eaten. So I'm saying today, I believe that's what the Lord is saying to us, that we're in a season of the Lord restoring things that have been eaten and taken away from us. And I'm ready for that. Are y'all? I'm just ready. It's just, it's a new season. And um, so I feel like that's really one of the things the Lord wants to say to you today and to me. Just take that and believe it by faith. That, you know, by his, he is the God of all grace. That's the thing I love about the Lord is even though they are those, there were those times in the Old Testament, you know, where he was passing judgment on everything, but he always came back around and he would pour out his mercy into those situations. And you see it certainly here in the book of Joel. He's, uh, it begins with uh, uh, this, let me give you this scripture Joel 2.12, and it goes through whatever I gave you back there. Let me look at my list. Okay. Yeah, 13 and 14. Okay. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God? Is that, is there, let's see. Let me give you this, 12. Let me give you this scripture. It says, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to your God, for he's gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. And there was a verse that came to me, there's, that came to me in the midst of this um, there's a song that Bethel has released that says, He delights in showing mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. And that kind of shot into me is that, and I want to just say to you about the book of Joel, it does have a lot of prophetic end time things in it. And I want to just put this in your mind and your heart as I'm sharing that w none of us really know what's ahead of us with all that's going to come down, Okay. But this is a thing I want to remind you of this, that our God always delights in showing mercy. And the church really needs to be steeped in a mindset of mercy instead of judgment because God has always, throughout all the ages, has always come back around through the judgment. Always his heart has always turned back around and delighted to show mercy again to his people. We may go through difficult things, but he will always, always turn it right back around and pour out and shed mercy that began on the cross. It was always from the time of the very beginning when man fell, there was always a point and a pointing to the cross of the day he would pour out his mercy on all of mankind. So we need to always, we, we need to get away from an Old Testament mindset that it's just God's going to judge. He's going to judge. He's just going to judge everybody and everything for everything we've ever done wrong. He's going to get you. That is really where the church stays so much in that dirt. But the truth of the matter is, is he delights in showing mercy right in the midst of the locusts that have eaten everything because of rebellious hearts. But he turns it around. He turns it around every time. He delights in showing us mercy. And the truth of the matter is, the church, our minds need to change. I grew up Baptist, okay? I grew up Baptist, and I really battle some really legalistic things to this day because I was raised on rules and regulations. 
and God is mad at you if you don't measure up. Now, it may not be the Baptist's fault. I will just say that. I don't. I love Baptists because of the gospel, and I love my roots now more than ever. But I, believed from, I believe it goes back to the fall of man when the first thing that happened, when the devil began to say to Adam and Eve, he began to tell them and about the motivation of God's heart. Is it really kind and is it really good? So it doesn't really matter for most of us how we've been raised. The fall of man has caused us to judge the intention of man's heart to be that he's going to get us instead of him being merciful and that mercy triumphs over judgment. And in fact, if that were not so, why did he not hatch the plan of the cross from the very beginning? Because he knew that his mercy was ultimately going to triumph on the cross. Because when he hung on the cross, he was executing judgment on sin there where we would not have to bear the penalty of it anymore. He executed all judgment on the cross. And now we get to walk completely free. We just have to receive it. It's a gift of salvation. That's how deep and merciful our God is. Mm. I was really feeling that this week. Wow, on that cross, wow, that judgment, it was, he was just taking care of it right there. Every bit of the judgment that was against us, it was all being rendered void right there. If we will just receive the gift of salvation upon us. Thank you, Lord. Mm, so good. The other thing that I see in Joel is restoration. And that is in verse 23 where he says, Be glad then, children of Zion. He will cause the rain to come down for you the former rain and the latter rain. Now, I, I just love this because the former rain for them referred in the autumn when it came planting. And the latter rain came when it was time to harvest. So it would be another refreshing that would come to actually strengthen the harvest. And I just feel like that is so prophetic of the Lord being always faithful when there's been a time of difficulty and going through stuff and going through junk, there's a song that we've been that's out right now, and I love it that it says this you are Lord, you are always so faithful to send the rain when we've been in a dry desert, terrible things going on around us he it may take some time, but he is faithful to always send the rain upon us again. He's always faithful to restore. No matter how bad it's been, he will always come and bring restoration. In fact, the theme and the work of the Holy Spirit, which this book is really about the Holy Spirit, is he will always come and bring restoration to us once again. always faithful to send the rain the latter rain he'll send it again he'll send it to us and I feel like that's where we are now I feel like he's we're in a season of refreshing again where he's coming and refreshing our our dry bones (laughs) how many of you need some refreshing right now you got some dry bones going on yeah we need it yeah he's he's faithful he's gonna do it he's he's in the midst of doing it Thank you, Lord. Whew. Mm. Whoa, that's good. So verse 24, the threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with new wine. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eating, eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust. And he's, he's coming, you guys. He's coming again. He's restoring. And every situation, restoring relationships. He's restoring finances. He's restoring health. 
And even when there's been loss of life, I believe there's great restoration coming to those who have really lost precious and dear loved ones. And, uh, and in a way that only he can do it and the only way he knows your heart, he's coming. He's coming because he's always faithful to send the rain and bring restoration to us. When you think about these prophets, you know, it's interesting because I've been contemplating it because... Here they are, Old Testament, not necessarily really knowing about the Holy Spirit. But they are encountering, they're having Holy Spirit encounters, right? They're seeing into the spiritual realm. They're bringing things out of the Spirit into here. And they're telling us things that are going on present, telling us things that are going to happen. And they're also prophesying things even down the line through the future. It's pretty powerful to think about these Old Testament prophecies, prophets, how powerful they are. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about Joel, that here he was prophesying the coming of the day of Pentecost. He was prophesying the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh. He was prophesying here. He was prophesying down the line. He was prophesying present that everything was going to get restored here, that the locusts had, con- had eaten and consumed. He was prophesying in, in different dimensions. And that's powerful, isn't it, to really think about what these guys had a hold of. And they didn't even really have the baptism of the Holy Spirit at that point. Think about what we can have. Think about it. So, yay. It's awesome, <laughs> isn't it? Verse 30, I love this. I will show, and see, we're moving on. This is, um, no, I want to go to this, Joel 2.28. Move right into that. I'm sorry, y'all. My brain is actually a little bit foggy. It has been through this. So if I sound a little messed up, it just doesn't function good right now. But um, I'm going to get back to that. It's just been something. Joel 2.28. Did I give you that? Nope. Okay. Probably. Okay. So, um... This is so good. So this is the next part that I really love and I feel like is really major what the Lord wanted to say to us. So in the book of Joel, he prophesies and says, And it shall come to pass that I will pour out on all, my spirit on all flesh. He'll pour it out. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And even on my maidservants and my men servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So I just love this because he's prophesying Acts 2. This is a lot of time. I'm, I'm like four or five hundred years probably, right, ahead. Huh? Somewhere in there, more, even more than that. And so he's talking about that pour out a great abundance on all flesh. And he is saying there on every class of people, every age, every status, it does not matter who, what, when, where. He is talking about pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And this is one thing I loved. It says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And here's what I want to say to you about prophecy is I believe what prophecy actually is, is us getting the Holy Spirit poured out on us, in us, baptized in the Holy Spirit, activated in the Holy Spirit. And when we begin to see and think like heaven, and we bring that mindset everywhere we go, it is not just telling people future things or telling them about you know, specific things about them. I believe it is the mind of Christ. I believe that the spirit of prophecy rests on us now because the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so it is actually taking the mindset of heaven and injecting it into every situation we find ourselves in, every circumstance where we are not brought down by the things of this world, but that we are now 
a prophetic people that are able to hear and see and think like Christ, the mind of Christ, and it changes the atmosphere everywhere we go, everywhere my feet step. I have prophecy resting on me. I can get the mind of Christ and move through that and speak and move, and it changes and shifts the atmosphere around me. That's what prophecy is. It is not that old, chest, that old Testament stuff, thus saith the Lord, that brings judgment and condemnation upon people. It is the love of Christ changing. It is that grace, that triumphs and mercy that is triumph over judgment. I'm telling you, church, the world needs some mercy right now. We don't need to give them judgment. They need mercy. And that is prophecy. That's the mind of Christ. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy is prophecy. Mercy and grace. He's the God of all grace. Mm. Don't y'all love that? Do you love it? Surely love it. I, you know, and I just encourage you in this church, if you give people words, you need to make sure that they say... You are awesome. You are beautiful. You are the most wonderful thing God has ever laid eyes on. It really should be along those lines instead of telling people what's wrong with them. I want to be honest. We get stuff back to us sometimes, and I want to go get some people. I'm serious. I mean, because the truth of the matter is, is New Testament prophecy is encouragement and comfort. And that is the mind of Christ. When, when he took upon himself on the cross, I just want to tell you for a minute what I believe, okay? This is after, this is what I've come to in my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he sent him on this earth, and he walked this earth for us those years he was here. As a, and he, he died for our sin. And every sin that we ever committed, every sin we ever will commit, was placed upon him as if he sinned himself. He, as if he was the one. And the penalty of that sin was laid upon him. And all the judgment that should have been mine was laid upon him. And then, this is what happened. He, now, he, when he, res- when he went into the grave, I died with him. I was in him. And I went into the grave with him, and the old Becky died. And then when, I was resur- then when he was resurrected, I was resurrected with him to a brand new life. I am a new creation because of what the cross has secured for me. All that judgment has now been done away with. Now I walk in a brand new walk. I'm a new creation. I am free from the bondage of sin and slavery. No longer do I pay the penalty for that. It's been dealt with. That is mercy triumphing over judgment. And that is prophetic mind. That is the spirit of Christ in us. And this is what I believe. That I now walk by faith. My faith is totally in what Christ has done. Not what I do. I totally rest in the finished work of the cross, that it is sufficient to do its work in and through me. And the first thing that he did when he ascended back to the Father is he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the earth so that every man, woman, and child can now walk by the Spirit and not by our own good works. We now have a power that is at work within us. I call it the divine enablement that now God has secured to us through the blood of Jesus. And that's what I believe my faith is 
fully upon the work of the cross and not what I can do. That's what I believe. And that's what this church believes. It is all by his grace. And why is grace so important? Because it's favor that has come upon us that does not have anything to do with what we do or don't do. It's come because of the finished work of Christ. And because it doesn't have anything to do with me, I get out of the way and allow the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And I allow that holiness to have its work in me. That's how we live. That's how we walk. And this is really... So good. It's the good news. I really wanted to inject that, interject that today because, you know, sometimes we really get stuck in an old pattern of judgment and thinking that people have got to get it together when we really need to allow the Holy Spirit in them to do the work. You know, we, people, we, people have gotten mad at us because we don't preach sin so hard. Well, the truth of the matter is, is there, all of us know we're just... You know, apart from Christ, we're prone to wonder. We're prone to all kinds of stuff. But the good news is, is he's done it in me. And so we have to allow him to do it in others. We have to, we have to take that same grace and that same mercy that we have or we're walking in and have let others walk in it and let that working out be in them because it is a working out. It's not an instant. We have to let the grace of God do the working out in us. It's not an instant thing. So, but I just, you know, encourage you that our faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, a holy lean on Jesus' name. And I will just want to say this to you that what works is the gospel message. It's what works. Everything else out there that people are fussing and squibbling and squabbling and judging and condemning doesn't work. What works is the truth of this, that if, if the church will stay to the main and plain, the cross, the mercy of God, we will see a great harvest of souls. But if we keep fussing at people and tell them how sinful, it is a sinful, wicked world. It is. I mean, I'm sad. But we have to trust that God's mercy will triumph over judgment. We have to trust that he will turn it all. We have to keep our faith on the finished work of Christ and that that same work will do its work in the world around us as we pray and as we seek and as we have the prophetic mind of Christ working in us where we can change the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord. So this is that, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I love it. Peter stood up and said, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He started prophesying that we would all begin to live and move by the Holy Spirit, that we would have another spirit at work in us who would live his life through us, and that there would be great restoration that would come to the world because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to just say this to you this morning. I... Love the Holy Spirit. I, I really get a little bit offended when people don't give him honor and don't give him place. Because I have come to know that apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't do this. We can't do anything we're doing. Apart from him, we can't. And so the the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is monumental. It is vast. Why? Because he is the Spirit of God. And how do we connect with God? Through his Spirit. We must be born of his Spirit. You must be born again. You must be born of his spirit. This is how this works. And so to clamp him down and not let him do what he wants to do, when he said, when Peter said, 
This is that prophesied by the prophet Joel. This hundreds of years before we need to get our ears awake and say, this is important. This matters. The book of Acts matters. How do you think? 120 people turned the world upside down. Do you think they were sitting in that upper room studying doctrine? Do you think that's what they were doing? No, the wind of the Spirit began to blow in that room that day. It began to howl in that fire that Jesus said that, put, that John baptized you in water, but I'm coming to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. He told him to go and wait on the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. He's really made it easy for us. When he blew upon them, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. That's all we do. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you. I just accept. The first thing, that great sacrifice that Jesus did was pour you out into the earth so I can live the life I've always dreamed about. Your old men will dream dreams. Wow. Your young men will see visions. Isn't this something? What a wonderful, beautiful way that God has given us. It's so wonderful that we get to live a total supernatural life. These Old Testament prophets were living a supernatural life, but we get to take it to a whole nother degree because he lives in us all the time. Because he lives, I can face the future. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future. Life is worth the living because he lives. Where is he living? Where is he living? In me, through me. It's the most exciting life being a friend of God. Being a friend of the Holy Spirit. It just, there's nothing that comes close. And really why is that? Because you know what? It's his presence. It's his presence. We're all so, once you've tasted and he's come near whether you're here at church or you're by yourself and you just feel that presence coming near. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the way God expresses himself is through the Holy Spirit. It's the most wonderful thing that we, the most beautiful privilege that we have as believers is being in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I just, you know, I, I love that. I really, really love it. And, you know, we are called, I want to just say this one scripture. I want, to, I want to get out. You know, there's judgment coming. Joel goes on to talk about ju- coming judgment in chapter 3. But he also closes it up with, I love this. I've been feeling this lately. The Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake But the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. And so really watch it. It says, so you will know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. And I love this because this is what we see there is his kingdom prevails. And it will prevail over and over and over. And I want you to keep your eyes on the mark no matter how dark things get. His kingdom always prevails. And he says this. This is another, this is other thing I see in here that I love, too, is that he says if men will just call on the name of God, they'll be saved. That's his mercy. He says that two or three times in the book of Joel. Men, if, you, if they'll call on the name of God, just call on his name. I don't care what situation we're in. Just call on his name. You know, he, his kingdom's prevailing. He is, I believe we're in a season where he is roaring like a lion. 
I believe our God is going to, he's, he's beginning to stand up and he's beginning to roar over the nations of the earth and we will see his kingdom prevail. He says this in verse uh, 18, and it will come to pass in that day that the mountains will drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water, and a fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord, and it will water Achaeus, uh, the plant Achaeus, the valley of Achaeus, and that's a barren place that the Lord, this plant, is be, it lives in barren places. And Judah shall abide forever in Jerusalem from generation to generation. And this is what I see for the last days. Is we, because I believe most people know something's up, right? Do y'all believe that? Something's up. But you know where our safety is? In that rising river. <laughs> I really believe that as believers, we just have to get in the river, in that rising river that will continue to rise in the earth, and we're going to be okay. We really, because that river is amazing. I just want to give you some thoughts on that. This was that river that Joel saw, the river. Isn't that great? They began to flow, that flooding, those barren places. He saw the river, and I think he saw the same river that Ezekiel saw, which he got in, it was flowing from the temple, it was ankle deep, then knee deep, then it was so vast he had to swim in it. This is the Holy Spirit River. And, um, but here's what I love. There were many trees on both sides, and when it reached the sea, the waters are healed. Guys, that's our hope for the nations. And the na- it's, when the, it's the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. And great multitudes of fish, there we go, the harvest. Because the waters go there, they will be healed. And then along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. And their leaves will not wither, their fruit every month. Because their waters flow from the sanctuary, their fruit will be food for food and their leaves for medicine. Listen to this. Is this not powerful? That I'm going to put this out there to you. The Holy Spirit is able to give men and women revelation on medicine even. That will heal, heal, heal. I believe it could be even that literal. That we're coming in some powerful days. See, it may be great darkness, but there's great light coming. And this is our hope because of the Holy Spirit River. Aren't we named right? We're named right. Isn't this great? Oh, oh I love it. Okay, and then I love this. It is, and then Revelation 22.1. John is seeing the river. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And I just think we have lots of hope ahead of us through the Holy Spirit through the gift of prophecy, the mind of Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I could write a book on the work of the Holy Spirit, of what he does. I mean, it's like that is a whole other message. He's the spirit of adoption, the spirit of belonging. He's the spirit of truth. He's the one that actually takes what's in us and brings it out. We can... It's just amazing. He said he wouldn't leave us alone, but at the right time, those words of truth would just flow out of us. He's the divine enabler. He lives in us. He gives us divine enablement. He divine enabler. Okay, you like that? Okay, he's the divine enabler. He is the, the divine. Do you see that? He's the one that makes us divine, living his life through us. He enables us to do anything we need to do. 
There, through the Holy Spirit, we can do anything. But there's a key to that. And I'm going to tell you what the key that unlocks him is being weak. It's not relying on our own strength. That's how it works. Does not coexist. Doesn't happen. So in order to get this divine enablement unlocked in and through you, you just have to say, I don't have it. I can't make it. I can't do it. Apart from you, I am nothing. And that's how it works. Isn't that good news? That's really good news. The other thing I love, too, is he's the divine knower. That scripture that says, let the peace of God rule and reign in you. Well, he's the divine knower. He knows everything. He knows everything you need to be doing at every moment. You just go on your peace. That's what he's doing. He's an umpire. He's making the calls. That's what that means right there. It's like that umpire making those calls in the game. He's a divine knower. Isn't that wonderful? That we're not left alone and trying to figure this out ourselves. All we ever have to do is say, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? And he will begin to show us. He's that divine knower. And this is the one I want to end with. He is, this is something that really impacted me. Byron and I talked about it, is this. He is, at Christmas time, his coming. What is one of the main ways that he comes? He's Emmanuel, God with us. And, you know, that's how God sent his son to release the Holy Spirit so God could be with us wherever we go. We're never alone. We're never forsaken. The Holy Spirit is the one that we have God's presence. He's just with us through whatever we're facing, whatever we're doing. And I can really testify to that through this season because, you know, this has been hard. I've gone through Thanksgiving. I've gone through Christmas, not able to do a thing. I woke up both of those holidays and cried because I can't cook. I can't, I just can't do what I normally do. But, you know, the thing that has carried me through the last few years of all of our heartache, all that we've been through, is knowing that he was with me. He was right with me. He would not leave me. He wouldn't forsake me. He was that knower. He was that enabler. And, it, guys, we really have to tap more into the Holy Spirit. He, I mean, that's really why the book of Joel is there, because he was pointing to this time we can't, we cannot dismiss him. We cannot. He is so valuable, so monumental, so vast. He's everything. Because, and listen to this. In that, the foolish virgins, what was the issue there? No oil. What does the Holy Spirit represent oil? And does that tell you that there's a risk? There's really a real risk of when the bridegroom comes, that the church, part of the church will not be ready. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. Because of Him. Because of not honoring Him, not valuing Him, not being filled up with Him, not really seeing His place in our lives. He is key. Amen. we stand up thank you Lord thank you Lord so you know all we need to do you know the scripture is clear about the Holy Spirit you keep on being filled it's not a one time event the first time you just are flying on cloud nine when you first experience him coming and just filling you up and um, my testimony is as I was raised Baptist so I had a very different mindset and during the Jesus movement, lots of people were getting this gift called tongues, which is a manifestation of the Spirit. I don't think it's the only one, but it certainly is one that lets you know you got something going on. So <laughs> when you start speaking in tongues and you go, "Woo, what was that? <laughs> it's awesome. It's a heavenly language. But the thing about it is, 
You know, when I received the Holy Spirit, I was on cloud nine. But, you know, we all need him every day. We need to keep being filled. We need to keep going after him. We need to know that this is that, that the prophet Joel prophesied. And it was not just to get a feeling, but it was for the last days, for the river of God to be poured out into earth, that we would be a prophetic people that take the mind of Christ and heaven wherever we go. So thank you, Lord. So let's just receive. He breathed on them. He breathed on them. So we just say that right now, Father, we just right now believe you're blowing in this room. That beautiful gift that you have given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, right now we receive a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. We just breathe you in right now, Lord. And, Lord, we say not only that, Lord, we want today say, we want a brand new start of honoring the Holy Spirit in our midst, of honoring the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, of valuing how vast and how monumental your work is in us, Lord God, that we can do nothing apart from you, Lord God. It's the Spirit that quickens the flesh, profits nothing. Lord, you're seeking worshipers that will worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. Let us be a Holy Spirit people, a people that value the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We value how monumental you are in our lives, God. We just receive you fresh now. We receive you fresh. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, spring up all well. Spring up, Lord, you said, out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. That's what you were talking about, Lord God, is that those rivers would begin to flow out of our bellies, Lord God. It would just change the atmosphere. That woman that day changed the atmosphere. She evangelized the whole city, Lord God. Oh, yes. I just want to get the ministry team up. And if you want a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit today, I want you to come up. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't be ashamed. You need to go after him because it's a him. It's not a it. He is a gentleman, and he sometimes, but, but he's so worth it. I love the Holy Spirit. I love his work in my life. I love what he has done for me. I can't live without the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want you to respond to the Lord up here and say, Lord, I love you. I value you. I can't live without your work in my life. I need you, Lord. Oh, yes. Just fill up your people today. Refresh your bride. Those times of refreshing. Let them come. Oh, yes. Mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let the mercy of God cover you today. If you need mercy, if you need some mercy today, just respond to the Lord. Just respond. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, mercy. Let that mercy cover us 